Hello, everyone. Welcome to Light Treason News, the first episode bringing you pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. Just a dash. Well, sprinks. Just, just a sprinkle. Little, little drop touch. It. Ooh, <laughs> drop it. I'm joined by the excellent Rachel Chada and Chloe Patterson, <gasps> who you know from my previous podcast, Citizen Radio. Um, we're back, baby. Oh, hey, guys. Brand new How podcast. exciting is this? Right. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm very excited. My palms are sweating. <laughs> That I is mean, real. Gross. Unrelated to the <laughs> excitement. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should mention at the top of the show, Chloe and I went dancing last night. Ooh, ooh, ooh. A drug-fueled dance <laughs> um, marathon where uh, we took ecstasy and physically couldn't stop dancing. <laughs> there were several times I made like deep eye contact with Chloe and I'm like, I can't stop moving. She was like, neither can I. <laughs> and at one point, uh, our friend Spell came out with us and she was like, Feel Chloe's hand. It was oh, and I no. did so sweaty. Soaked with sweat. Disgusting. It but my so body gross. was like negative 10, but my hands were like, it's a 100 degrees in here. <laughs> your hands were sweating all of the sweat in your whole body. <laughs> face, I Ew. think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So that was super fun. Um, guys, I'm so excited to bring you this new podcast. Here's the uh, the sitch, as I call yes, it. Yes, give Short us the rundown. Um, the way this show is going to work is we'll have... Um, generally speaking, three parts of the show. Uh, Rachel, Chloe, and I, or whatever guest I have on at the moment, will talk about pop culture mm-hmm. and give recommendations, media recommendations and stuff like that at the top of the show. Um, then on Mondays, which is today's episode, I'll bring you an interview. Guys, oh. it's exciting. It's very exciting. And then we're going to talk about uh, news. And when I say news, I mean we'll talk about quote unquote a bad news story and then we'll end with you'll love this Rachel Mm. a good news story yes keep me warm (laughs) and happy what's all send you off on oh that was catchy as fuck Chloe thank you um so I'll send you off to uh do the rest of your day with some with hopefully some happiness in your heart some good vibes because guys oof there's a lot of negative stuff happening but and I don't want to drop it on you guys and a deluge of bad news so we're gonna pace ourselves we don't have yeah. to talk about everything at once the way to do it mm-hmm. um and then just to give you a little uh, snippet of what's to come on uh wednesdays we'll have an interview with a character <gasps> of some kind ah yeah and then friday for members uh i think i put on the website it's ten dollar a month members and higher uh, mm. You'll get a video podcast. Ooh, Whoa. Ooh. Uh, yeah. We're hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You surprise. Don't want to miss this visual show, <laughs> as I call it. Um, so, Me guys, crying. there's a new website, lighttreason.news, where you can find all of the memberships, all of the perks you're going to get. There will be more to come, including a store. Hell yeah. With merchandise. Oh, merch, talk- merch, merch. We're talking merch. Oh, Chloe, you are crushing <laughs> it. Uh, the great Nate Bear is, uh, as we speak, drawing up a <laughs> logo with Penny on it. Oh, no. Guys. So you'll have that to look forward to. Um, we are everywhere on social media. On Twitter, it's at Light Treason Pod. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, baby. You can find us everywhere. So Ooh. give us a follow. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, everyone. Uh, what you got for media recs, baby? Ooh, you know I got those recs. Um, should we start with listening? 
Absolutely. Okay. You know, we're we're in a podcast world. We'll start with listen. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not gonna talk about podcasts though. So <laughs> that was a great because fuck them. I'm gonna crush them all. Rachel, um, I've been listening to an artist who I think I made you both listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, who. Let's just like take a second. While Allison was taking a nap in a conference room. <laughs> oh, yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah. some shit went down. We were recording a, a, a fun ants video for mm-hmm. those who follow us on YouTube at Sorry Mom Sketch. We were recording um, stuff for our live show, guys. Stuff mm. for our live show, which is on April, April. 8th at the Pit Loft at 9 p.m. Yep. In New York. Allison. <laughs> in New York. In New York. Uh, Allison spun around in a chair. <laughs> yeah, I like, was, uh, hold on, let me defend myself. I was t- doing a story for Instagram, so I was like, this is going to look so cool. Does this cool. defend and you? In, Does this defend you? And yes. in your defense, it did look cool. It did. Thank you, Chloe. It looked great. So I was shooting the video, but uh, I made myself real dizzy and nauseous, <laughs> and I immediately had to take a nap. So... <laughs> Allison is sleeping with her. <laughs> Allison is sleeping with her head down on a conference room table. Uh, Chloe's doing accounting work, yep. and I'm laying on the floor with my legs up, listening to this music because it's great. We basically moved in to that conference. Yeah, we we made it. I really hope there's a security camera, and they're like, "What's what? happening? What's happening?" But it's like sped up, so you can see like everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I passed out like face down. On the conference table, and I like <laughs> drooled on the table. Oh my god, Allison! Uh, and I woke up after five minutes and felt better than I've ever felt in my it life. It was a power nap. Yeah. I was like, "Let's fucking go!" Um, but we were listening to Jesse Ware, W A R E, which Chloe and I disagree mm-hmm. about this music. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think it's really like fun, like good vibey chloe described it as like going to sleep music i think it's like well hot. two things two things yeah you think yeah yeah, she, yeah you think it's like real sexy time yeah right? i think it's real sexy time but, but i yeah. also think it's like it not just real sexy time like i i listen to it at work okay. <laughs> so like i i like this kind of music right. um it's it's like fun and vibey and like i don't mm, know how to yeah. describe it other than like it's like mm, i think that's good it's yeah vibey. well like grinding my yeah my it's like disgusting. like slow grind though <laughs> Slow yeah. like could you please describe it any way other than grinding? <laughs> like, like it's like music? slow gyrating like alt alt like if you're at like a fun hipster bar oh you would grind to it there i don't okay. know so i was gonna say i i don't love the singer's voice i like like the melody and the beat and stuff mm. i also agree that it's like sex music but Sex music is going to sleep music for me. Oh, it's okay. like relaxing. She's like, mm, a little R&B. I I'm thought, go to sleep. I, I interpreted that as I only go to sleep after having Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, you guys Which, didn't know that about good me? Good for you. Yeah. I mean, doesn't everyone go to sleep after do, sex? Rachel, do you not? No, no, no. But I mean, like, you can't sleep unless you've had sex before. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Oh, no, that's, yeah, yeah, 100%. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so that's listening. Yeah. Uh, um, all of my recommendations are viewing. Yes. Yeah, me too. So, and two of them are on Netflix for your viewing Ooh. pleasure. The first one, and it's such a joy, is uh, Nailed It. Ooh, I don't know this. Really? Because no. I think I've talked about it before. Nicole Bear, um, Bear hosts it. Uh, mm. UCB. Yep. And it is... <laughs> 
cooking or I should say baking fails. Yes. So like if you've ever seen those memes uh, going around about people who try to replicate like the cookie monster cupcake and like the horrific outcome <laughs> of them attempting to do it is so funny. And I love the show because it sounds mean. It sounds like we're like laughing at people, but it's actually a very supportive show and they can win a shit ton of money. Oh, um, and it's so funny. It's really, really good. And she's like an amazing host. So I love her. She's if you're so looking, funny. And the only shitty thing is I think there's like six episodes and that's it. Oh, no, that's wait, the how are season. they like the 20 minute episodes too? Yeah, or, they're oh really no. fast. It, and you can like breeze through it. Yeah. Afternoon. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, I want more. That's yeah. the only downside to it. Um, also <laughs> uh, on Netflix, uh, Zumbo's Just Desserts. Mm-hmm. Hmm? So this is an Australian reality show. Okay. Hosted by a very famous um, culinary expert. He's a, he, he bakes for a living, but he's like a mm. famous baker. A pastry chef. Pastry chef. As Thank we like you. To call them. Actually, that's <clears throat> probably not necessarily his title. I, I forget his title, but uh, so he's Zumbo. And like the whole thing is like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory down no. to the set design oh and like God. the challenges. It's awesome. And that obviously is like a very advanced show where everybody is a culinary expert Mm -hmm. and very good at baking. And the the final products are unreal. They're so creative and beautiful. And the season they have online, I don't know how many seasons there are. One of the best villains ever. Yes. Okay, Whoa. I'm leaving. Bye. This I'm dude, go watch this. This Bye, dude you know he's an MRA. You know he's oh. an MRA. Oh, he's so good. You love to hate him. I want to see. Oh, 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 You've oh. hooked very good. me. It's very That's good. That's a great sell. Thank you so yeah. much. And then finally, on a very different note, um, my friend <laughs> Dahmer is great. Um, my friend Dahmer. I've never I heard, heard it. My favorite Dahmer. <laughs> I thought you were like transitioning into a story about your friend Dahmer. I oh, was like, what? did I not tell you guys I was friends with Jeffrey Dahmer? So Chloe and I don't listen. <laughs> so Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, I, I'm sure most of you know this, uh, was a prolific serial killer. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, murdered uh, young men. And was famous because he also like froze ate them, them yeah. and froze mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So this is an exploration. And it's it's based on a book that a guy wrote about. He was friends with Jeffrey Dahmer in high school. Whoa. And it's so interesting because it doesn't glorify Jeffrey Dahmer, nor does it try to ever figure out why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. There's like hints of it throughout the film, but when they start the film, he's like already picking up roadkill and doing weird things with it so you're kind of like why is this kid the way he is and it could be a bunch of different factors but what the movie explores is the relationship between the exploited and uh the exploiters Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know people who this group of friends quote-unquote who quote-unquote befriend jeffrey dahmer it's in a really like it, they walk this line where it's like they do genuinely like him sometimes, but they also think he's fucking weird. They drag him. And that's do why they? they keep him around. And oh, the ending of it is just like so good and it's really well done. And that's a really hard thing to yeah. base a film on. And the kid who plays Jeffrey Dahmer is so good. Oh, shit. I need to so see it. So good. Yeah. I If you're into serial killers at all, that's a weird <laughs> statement. But if they like interest you and like just human nature interests yeah. you. Yes. Check out my friend Ooh. Dahmer. Netflix? No. Oh, no. Okay, no, no. Okay, okay. I, I believe it actually just came out. Okay. 
Oh, uh, movie pass. Maybe, but okay. also it's like a limited release. Oh, okay. So, okay. Okay, okay, okay. If you can, if you have access to it and you can check it out, Hell do yeah. check it out. Yeah. I have a distinct memory of being like eight and my grandpa telling me about Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, I was too young. <laughs> um, but he was telling me about the guy who got away. The oh, one who yeah. got away. Yeah. And I... There's I, always that story. I like must... One gets away. I must have been younger than eight. Like, I was young, I think I was living in Florida, so max I could have been seven. And we're just like sitting down having this conversation about this guy that got away. And I remember being like, this fucked up. Yeah, yeah. that dude ran out of Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment while handcuffed. Yes. Blood soaked. Wasn't he naked? Naked. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah. Like as dramatic as you can imagine. Oh, too intense. Yeah. Uh, So any more wrecks? Uh, I got a viewing. Ooh, do it. Oh, oh. Uh, I saw Love Simon. It Everybody's so, talking about that. So good. It. it was. Oh my god. I do not cry, and I cried throughout the whole movie. And like that was with like two groups of like either like teenage or like early twenty something girls like fucking around with each other, like like being annoying throughout the movie, like totally taking everyone out of it. And I still cried multiple times. That's impressive. It was just like, I can't explain how long Rachel and I have been trying to get <laughs> Chloe to cry. Oh, it was real easy with yeah, this movie. It, it, when she told us that she cried, we were both like jaw to the floor. Like <laughs> it happened. It finally yeah. happened. Fucking love Simon it was did so, it. There were, oh my God, so much. It was like played so like true to life. It was so good. Yeah. But like, I think it also like hit home for me because there was a point is like a mild spoiler. Oh no, I don't want to spoil. Pew pew Block your ears. Okay. Uh he gets like kind of like he gets like outed, which yeah. I think is like hinted at in the trailer anyway. Right. Uh but I was like, oh I heard that with my ears closed. Oh sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um but I was like that like I don't know if I've talked about this with you guys, but that like happened to me like a very early college where you're like someone attacks you about your sexuality and you're backed into a corner oh, that sucks. and it put me deeper into the closet. Right. But like yeah, Ugh, the way the movie guys, goes, oh. that's not how you handle. No, that. don't do that. <laughs> you don't aggressively <laughs> confront hey, someone about hey. their sexuality. Who do you like? Um, so, guys, right now we're gonna go to my interview with a very special guest, Mitski. Uh, so excited! Ooh. And uh, if you don't know Mitski, uh, you should definitely check out her music. Um, she is. I heard her music and how I describe it is she doesn't write music. She writes anthems. Like oh. that's how I feel. Oh, I love that. Listen, like it, I don't know. It, I love her music so much. So her uh, Twitter handle is Mitski Leaks, like WikiLeaks. I love it. Ooh, I she's love a it. fucking delight. Like she's so talented. She's lovely. But if you haven't checked out her music yet, get on that. And it's appropriate that we led into this talking about Jeffrey Dahmer because she and I spend the entire interview talking about things that scare us. Yes. Oh, I love scary spooky stories. Spooky. Yeah, a little yes. spooky story for you guys. So please enjoy. I was so thrilled when you wrote me with, because I didn't know what you wanted to talk about. So I was kind of like, you know, what are you feeling? And you had the best idea in the world, which is you just wanted to like, 
share scary stories, which I am so down for. <laughs> like I was so excited. I instantly had all of these like flashbacks from my childhood where I was like, I was trying to remember like the first scary story I ever heard or one that really stuck with me over the years. And I went down this like amazing. Oh, that's, yeah. That's interesting. What yeah. was, I feel like going back to the first is actually so significant. Yeah. Well, I definitely couldn't, like, there's no way I think I could remember the first time I heard a scary story. But the one that has always stuck with me throughout the years is I had a friend named Kathleen Sloan tell me this story when I think we must have been maybe eight or nine about a woman who is in her bed at night and she feels her dog nudging at her toes and like licking her feet and she's she eventually goes to sleep and the next morning she wakes up and she goes to her bathroom and someone has written on the mirror people can lick too Ah! right 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 no which for an eight-year-old or however old I was like nine or maybe eight I was horrified horrified because not only is it the fear of like a strange and I think in my head I like just filled in that it was a man not only is it horrifying to think of a strange man breaking into your bedroom and watching you sleep but the idea of him licking your feet I was just okay I traumatized yeah I I think that toes are like a kind of some kind of I, I don't know how to say it, like not a pressure point for scary things, but just like toes for some reason when you're a kid. Like I remember when I was a kid, I was really scared of letting my toes peek out of my blanket. Yes, and I don't know why, but that was like the scariest thing, and it's so irrational. But something about toes. Oh yeah, I think part so of it is like. Part of it, I think, is, like, someone touching your feet and you, like, not seeing them. It's just, like, a very sensitive part of your body. Yeah. But I definitely – I had that, too, when I was little. And I also loved to – it was kind of tragic because, you know, when you would, like, stick your feet out from under the covers when you were too hot and for whatever reason it would help you cool Mm -hmm. off instantly? I always wanted to do that. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, I always had this – weird fear of like oh I can't stick my feet out (laughs) possibly because (laughs) Kathleen Sloan told me that story when I was fucking nine and I like couldn't forget it and I was like oh the man's gonna lick my feet (laughs) uh just awful so but I remembered that out of nowhere when you were like oh scary stories so I was like oh man I've been holding on to that for decades um yeah that's that's a legit fear I also when I was a kid I had these strange fears. Like, I was so afraid for a long time, like, up until, like, late elementary school, of sitting on the toilet in the dark because I thought that a hand would come out of the toilet. Ooh. And I don't even know what that hand would have done. Yeah. Like, would it have pulled me into the toilet? Like, I, there's no... It was irrational. <laughs> there was no, like, end result. But I was just afraid of, like, something coming... And touching my butt. You know, again, it's a valid fear. It's a very vulnerable part of your body. And it would be really weird if someone reached out and touched it without your permission. Uh, (laughs) But I remember, speaking of toilets, 
I remember like possibly the scaredest I've ever been as a kid was watching the X-Files and there was an episode. Oh yeah. Oh man. There was an episode. I think it's like considered one of the classic X-File episodes of a guy who could fit his body into really small spaces and oh yeah yeah. i know that episode classic it's so good and there's a scene where he gets into an air vent and i at the time the house i was living in the bathroom had a a similar kind of air vent above the toilet and i was so afraid he was gonna like come through the vent and like yeah as i'm on the toilet and kind of like just reach down and touch me because you know again i must have been like 10 maybe 11 I was probably mm-hmm. older, and in my head I was like, oh, yeah, I was a little kid. I was, like, 13. <laughs> but I was really afraid of that <laughs> happening for so many years. Oh, my God. Actually, the toilet is such a hot spot for scary experiences. In Japan, when I was a kid and I went to Japanese school, I was sort of the queen of scary stories in my grade slash in my school. It's really not anything to brag about, but if anyone asks, me like tell me a scary story I always had one on deck yeah and there I just there I just know so many toilet related scary stories in Japan (laughs) a big like a a a big um urban legend in Japanese elementary schools is this urban legend about about like a a girl ghost like a little girl ghost um, who is in like a specific toilet stall and it's kind of like that Bloody Mary myth where if you knocked on the toilet stall and called her name <gasps> then she would answer no. and then subsequently like pull you into some hell dimension or whatever no. and it's funny because it's such a it's such a prevalent urban legend in every every part of Japan and it's a little different depending on region but this little girl ghost in the toilet is such is just it's that every Japanese kid knows about this little girl ghost. That's so interesting. I love that the fear of someone messing with us when we're trying to take a mm-hmm. shit is universal. <laughs> <laughs> just like, please don't mess with me now. I'm so vulnerable. <laughs> if someone fight, if someone found me dead right now, it would be so embarrassing. Yes. Just please wait. Yeah, just a little while till I pull up my pants. I just want to get my pants up and then you can brutally murder me. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite scary story? I don't know. Um, it's, It's kind of, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I think um, I was always afraid of I can't think. I'm always afraid of child ghosts. And that's yeah. why I think watching The Grudge or the Japanese version of The Grudge. Have you seen that movie? No, I have not. It's uh, I forgot the Japanese. It's called Juon. That's what it is. And there's this little boy ghost. I highly recommend it. But it's something about child ghosts really always freaks me out. So I can't think of a... a of an exact scary story, but I know that to this day, even if I watch a scary movie that ha- that doesn't have any child ghosts, when I go to sleep, for some reason, I imagine like a small child 
next to my bed just staring at me as oh I'm trying to fall God. asleep. Like, oh. And the thing about these, the thing about these like scary feelings is that you never really imagine these entities doing anything to you, or at least I shouldn't say you, I should say me. It's always like an entity watching me or yes. an entity like getting really close to my face or like, it's never, it's never about anything violent or physical, which is why it's so interesting. Like, why is that scary? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I have um, sleep paralysis and my... Oh, me too! Really? Okay, so we'll compare notes. Yeah. Uh, my version okay. is when it feels like um, it's always when I'm on my back and I am suddenly paralyzed and I can't move and I sense like a, a presence of someone standing in the corner of the room watching me. And you're right. Yeah. It's like, they don't do anything. They just are watching me, but it's so scary. But like, I never fantasize about anything like violent happening beyond that. It's just like, there is some kind of supernatural being observing me. And that in itself is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about specifically being watched by a mysterious entity for me when I I'm so glad to get sleep paralysis because I get it too yeah um when it happens with me there's this one time I was in uh I was on tour I was at someone's house I was in a basement it was I think it's like Idaho or Iowa somewhere random in the middle um and I was alone in a room and I got sleep paralysis and in sometimes in sleep paralysis, I, I'm, I'm slowly able to get up or slowly able to move, but yes. it feels like just my body's weighed down. And it takes um, like a thousand I, percent of your energy to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so in, in, in this instance, I, I like in my dream anyway, I got up finally like and started to stand up. And then when I, I felt something behind me, so I turned around and these three children were <gasps> reaching out to me <gasps> and then I woke up. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have like creepy children in my dreams. <laughs> oh my God. That's horrifying. Yeah, at least your entity is like, yeah, at least your entity is like mysterious and doesn't actually show itself. For I me, think, it's yeah, I think it's usually children. I think it's usually a man. I think like I, which is mm -hmm. scary in a different way. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about the scariest, my most beloved scary stories. And I detected a theme. And the theme is that I really like scary stories that have a connection to real life events that like actually happened. Um, because obviously, Ooh. yeah, like obviously that's much scarier than like, yeah, like the dude licking your feet and then writing the message on your bathroom mm -hmm. mirror, which is like, that never happened. I mean, at least I hope it never happened. But like, <laughs> one of my favorites is Cropsy. Are you familiar with Cropsy? No, tell me more. Okay, so Cropsy, if you haven't seen this, you should watch this documentary. Um, there's a documentary by Joshua Zeman and Barbara... Um, brand Sashio, I think her last name is, but it's called Cropsy and it was made in 2009. And 
originally so the the film begins by examining this urban myth called Cropsy. The film begins with this examination of this like urban myth that a lot of kids heard from like older kids at their school and their parents about this boogeyman who uh, lived in an abandoned uh, asylum on Staten Island. And the urban myth was that there there used to be this um, mental health care facility that they that at the time they called insane asylums that was closed and um, crops used to be a patient there and now he lives in the woods and he kidnaps bad children. That was like the urban myth. So it turns, oh, wow. okay. yeah, so- yeah, it, but like it was a it, like a legend for many many years. But then it turns out it's fucking true. It's true. No. Yeah. So. Staten Island of all places. I I know. Pure and whole. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So there was this place um, that was a mental health care facility many years ago. And this guy, um, Cropsy, uh, is was like a worker at the mental health care facility. And this place was horrific it like Geraldo Rivera did a special on it and like the and they show some of the conditions in the documentary of how the patients like there were just like naked kids sitting around and like it was really really horrible um and so there's like speculation about you know was this guy a monster already or was he so horrified by the stuff he saw when he was working at this uh, this place that he eventually became this monster. So his name is Andre mm. Rand. Uh, and okay. he eventually, once the, um, the institution closes, he has nowhere to go. So he like starts living in the tunnels underneath where the asylum used to be. And he begins abducting children. Uh, and murdering them. Oh. Yeah. Wait, but, wh- but why? He, he like, but apparently... Why? My question. So, apparently... And there are really creepy stories in the documentary of cops, like, trying to interview him. He seemed like he has profound mental illness. Um, to the point where when the cops at one point are trying to show him, like, a photo of one of the kids. And he has, like, a borderline seizure. Like, his brain just completely switches off. So there's obviously, like, he has mental problems. Um, But what was really Mm -hmm. creepy about this story was, I mean, abducting and killing children is horrifying. But there's also Mm -hmm. a lot of speculation that he wasn't working alone. And they never caught any of the other guys. So there's a theory. Yeah. Yeah. And they they were, like, taking really young kids, too. Like, um... There was a girl named Alice who was five years old. Then there was a girl named Holly who was seven. Um, so, like, really young kids. But there is a theory that maybe there were, like, three drifter dudes who were living in the tunnels together. And they were, like, abducting children together. Which is just horrifying. I can't. No. I, this is, like, too real. I know. Yeah. This is, this is, this is no longer, like, 
creepy little ghost child watching me. This is like grown men yeah, with and, problems. Yeah, and the idea that they are living in the woods and like in these underground tunnels beneath uh, the hospital was called Seaview Hospital when it was open. Um, like so scary. And they show the abandoned hospital in the beginning. And it really is. I think the reason it I connected with it so much is you know when you're growing up and there's that one spooky house that all of the kids like have stories about and it's because we're all fucking bored little kids and none of it's true the idea that this was all true is so horrifying (laughs) like oh my god oh my god God. I Uh, can't I can't handle it but the documentary is really good and I recommend it to everyone um (laughs) It's very well done. It's very well done. Uh, Yeah, so that's definitely one of mine. I'm also obsessed with um, Slender Man. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my list, actually. There was a documentary about how these kids actually, like, uh, I don't know, like, committed murder to try to appease Slender Man or something? Yeah, it was two girls, and they lured... um, a third friend of theirs again, like into the woods and stabbed her because they were trying to appease the slender man. And again, like a lot of these stories just boil down to probably undiagnosed mental illness. Um, at least Mm -hmm. it it seems like that is the case with, um, the girls. Like maybe there was just like some undiagnosed stuff going on. So I never like, take pleasure in that obviously because it's like that sucks like I wish you had gotten help and you know somebody had helped you and and noticed that you were in distress but the thing that I find so interesting is when the urban myth crosses over into our reality um Mm -hmm. that's when it I'm like oh shit it got real like that is so interesting slash horrifying to me well they also have I can't think of a specific um, instance, but they also have like people, often teenagers, like really thinking they're vampires and like mm-hmm. killing people and draining people of their blood. There's like that's so interesting when reality and fantasy kind of just intersects, and it's 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 hard to tell which is which anymore. And also, even without fantasy, reality itself, like the Cropsey thing, is already so scary that sometimes you don't even need to venture into fantasy because the real world is fucking scary already yeah that always really interested me because what i couldn't figure out is was it just some weird coincidence that everybody was sharing these urban legends with each other or did someone see some shit go down in the woods one night and they were like no really there's a guy in the woods and i saw him take a kid like how did it start that's what and that's what's so interesting about like prevailing urban legends like with the um with the japanese like little girl in the bathroom it's so common like it's not just a it was it like it's been that urban legend has been around since like the 50s in japan and so that's what makes you wonder like why does this scary story keep living on Mm -hmm. like how what is it about it that that just like holds on to people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, there's a really good podcast called lore 
um, that. Ex- oh, I love lore. Oh, it's love so good. Lore. And the reason I love it is like, obviously the stories are great and the host is a great writer and like, it's just very listenable. But um, I love that he explores those themes and so much of it comes down to fear. Like, human beings trying to make sense of the world around them by sharing stories and oftentimes the stories are like a warning to each other so it makes sense to me that a bunch of parents in staten island were like hey you idiots stay out of the woods stay away from seaview hospital or the boogeyman's gonna get you like i could see that just being shorthand for them being like don't go to that area because it's scary um and then yeah. maybe it's it just a coincidence sense. that it's like, oh, my God, no, Cropsey is real. He actually lives underneath the Seaview Hospital. Uh, <laughs> just so horrifying. Yeah, I also think um, like... Shout out Aaron oh, Minky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Aaron Minky. So good. So good. Uh, if you guys don't listen to Lore, you really should. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think with kids, too, it's just a lot of trying to can figure out the parameters of reality so Mm -hmm. I remember when I was little there was a story about a kid who went up onto the roof of his house and jumped off of it because he thought he was Superman and wait that happened at my own high school but go ahead go ahead I have a feeling like it happens a lot like especially because superheroes superheroes are so popular and stuff like that but to me, that's this in the same family as like the girls thinking Slender Man is real, or you know, like kids trying to figure out what's real and what's not. I think it's very common for kids to get confused sometimes and think myths are real, and like they kind of have to just figure that stuff out on their own. Right. Well, also, there's. I mean, speaking of kids and like figuring out the the borders between like reality and fantasy there's also this twitter thread i don't know about it kind of unrelated to scary stories about like okay what was the craziest lie someone uh, some kid said when you were a kid oh yeah let me find this thread that's a whole yeah that's a really good one too because i have a bunch that come to mind (laughs) immediately (laughs) like kids sometimes Say the craziest lie. Yeah. Like, I remember I I lied once when I was, this is not scary stories anymore, but this is just stupidity and lying. But mm-hmm. it's just like <laughs> when I was a kid uh, in elementary school, I said that I had, because I traveled a lot and I've been, I've been in planes a lot. So I said in class, like raised my hand and said I had seen the entire earth. Um, the sky <laughs> <laughs> just and like something teacher, that is so easy to disprove my teacher bless his heart he was like oh really i wonder were you like above australia or something like he really like played along and made sure i didn't embarrass myself and all the kids around me were like really but th- in retrospect i was i'm like why did i why did i say that why yeah because there's no the thing about kids lying is that there's no reason for those lies usually it's it's just like completely unnecessary yeah and i wonder if like i think about the slender man girls a lot where i'm like yeah did it start as them trying to like one-up each other and just like scare each other 
where it was like, oh, I saw the Slender Man. Oh, really? I saw the Slender Man, too. And, like, were were they just messing with each other and then it got out of hand? And, like, and I mean, yeah, you have to factor in, obviously, like, possible mental illness and stuff. But I flash back to when I was a kid and, like, we told each other scary stories all the time about... Uh, you know, witches that lived in the woods. And if you go into the woods, the witch is going to get you. And then we would go into the woods and it would be like, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. Are you scared? And just like trying to one one up each other that way. And I'm like, yeah, we did stuff like that too. And like, thankfully it never culminated with anything violent, but like, I know the little girls I hung out with, we were always trying to scare the shit out of each other. Yeah. I, it's, I think we need more than 15 minutes to really untie. I feel like this is like a whole I know. New podcast of just like trying to figure out what it is about trying to scare each other and tell, telling each other stories. Um, I do that. Speaking of cause my saying Twitter thread reminded me of this guy. I don't know if you know him. His Twitter is at Moby underscore dickhead. <laughs> and his name is Adam Ellis. And he live tweeted his apartment being haunted. <gasps> it's totally oh wait yes it's online and it's. Re- I did see this because I saw some people calling him out for it being fake, and I don't know if Aww, it's I don't know if it's fake. Why can't you just let it be? I know, I know. Like, but originally <laughs> I started following it, and it's it is really well done. Like, if you just enjoy. Mm-hmm hearing a scary story and like you enjoy being scared i really recommend reading the thread because he did a really good job of making it seem like his apartment is haunted and there's one part if i'm thinking of the right guy there's one part where he says he he's taking a photo of his hallway and when he publishes the photo it's completely black and I think somebody noticed, like, it, like he hung up a curtain or something. Like, you could tell on, like, a bunch of, uh, like, special effects guys looked at it. And, and they can, like, you know, they're very eagle-eyed about that stuff. And they notice, like, little errors here and there. But if you don't read it like a professional like that, it's just a fun, scary story. And I, I think he did a really good job of, like, creating a ghost story. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to believe. Speaking of experts, I, mean, I really wanted it to be you know what? Those quote-unquote experts might be wrong, so you never know. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, what was, I think what I think what's what's always what always adds to the scary atmosphere are the subtleties. It's never like the monster jumping out in front of you. It's always like, for example, looking in the mirror and then seeing something behind you, but then looking around and it's not there. Like that's the shit that's scary. And yes. so in this, like, Twitter thread, what was scary to me was, like, his two cats, like, looking, like, sniffing under the door or, like, looking intently at some undefined spot and being yes. scared. Like, that's the shit that's scary. Yeah, absolutely. I I always tell people one of the scariest things I've ever seen is a, a short that you can go watch on YouTube called um, Lights Out. And it won a bunch of awards. I've never seen that. It's maybe three minutes. It's very, very short. Um, And literally the whole thing is a woman uh, about to go to bed at night. And every time she turns off the lights, she sees something standing in her apartment. And as soon as she turns the lights back on, 
it's gone. And it's this it's the simplest, scariest thing I've ever seen. So I recommend everybody goes and watches that too, because it's very, very frightening. <laughs> Oh my god. Wait, but that's the whole plot. There's no climax. No, that's it. That's it. Well, that's there there is a climax and I won't tell you what it is. Uh, okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but thank it's very scary. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about what scares you. Oh, literally my pleasure. Thank you so much for letting me telling me the scary stories and letting me go on and on about what scares me. Literally any time. Thank you again to Mitski. Please follow her on Twitter at Mitskleeks, M-I-T-S-L-E-A-K-S. I think I said that wrong before. It's Mitskleeks. And yeah, guys, we're going into dun, 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 some fucking the news. <laughs> As I mentioned at the top of the show, how we're going to do this is I got to start with the bad news because there's a lot of it. But don't worry. Hang in there. The good news is right behind it. Put your little buckle on <laughs> your seatbelt. You ready? Are you a little are you buckled on? Your little okay, we're tick 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 into the top of the roller coaster. Here we go. Uh so Oh. That's oh. a roller coaster. I was we're clicking, there. we're clicking, we're I was clicking. there with the sound effects. I was like, Do I put my arms up? Are <laughs> we at the top? The wind is in your hair. So this, today's episode, I wanted to talk about how it seems as though in the media, um, certain news outlets are afraid to use accurate terminology when Mm. dealing with some of the most recent horrific, um, let's say, shooting incidents. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a terrible string of bombings in Texas So I wanted to start with uh, one of the latest school shootings to happen, and it's so terrible. That's so sad that we have to qualify it like that. Then I have to say that. But um, in Maryland, at a high school, a young man named Austin uh, Rollins came to school, had a gun, and shot a a young uh, girl named Jaylin Wiley. And uh, she was rushed to the hospital, declared brain dead, and she's been removed from life support. So it turns out that apparently they had been dating. Yeah. Yeah. And they broke up. I don't have any details and it doesn't really matter who no. broke up with who. Nope. And he was real butthurt about it. So he decided to fucking murder her. You and know, the the logical choice. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, he got real deep in his feelings and was like, she doesn't deserve to live. And you know what's great? That an angsty teen has access. Awesome, to right? A firearm, and also yeah. that we teach young men that they have the right to hurt women if women hurt their feelings. Yeah, and that's really the crux of this, and it's something that we don't talk about, especially in like domestic violence situations where a gun is used. Mm-hmm. Toxic masculinity that this kid valued his own feelings so much that that when they were hurt a little bit by your high school girlfriend breaking up with you which kid is not a big deal in the long scheme of life but that he felt that he had the right to take her life because she made him sad he he 
valued his own feelings over a exactly. human life. And that, that's and that insane. we're not talking about misogyny, violent misogyny, and that we're not talking about toxic masculinity when it's like, can this get more clear cut that this kid was poisoned by toxic not masculinity? Not given the tools to yep. process feelings, not shown rejection and disappointment enough yeah. in their life. I don't know. I don't want to assume I don't know his life. I don't care to know no no it doesn't matter because guess what every day people experience trauma and are in a shitty house and are abused and they don't go out and fucking kill someone most mentally ill people every day get up and live peaceful fucking mm-hmm. lives and they never fucking hurt anybody mm-hmm. i am uninterested in your sad story you murdered this yep. girl you know like you're not not that you're not special Every person is special, but you're not unique in your suffering. like feeling and suffering. Like deal with it like everyone else. Right. And not to like downplay any kind of emotion, but like you have and this is also our job too. People need tools to deal with that. Right. It's it's kind of mind blowing <sighs> to me that like I don't I don't wanna like completely like gender it, but mm-hmm. the Feel idea free. of <laughs> safe space. <laughs> toxic masculinity. But a lot of men are fragile in these type of emotions mm-hmm. and in my experience did you say they're snowflakes <laughs> uh, uh, i don't like using that word now it used to be one of my favorite words <laughs> i love using it against people who use it yes when they get real emotional yes because they hate it so much um but then on the other end of the coin if i will so often feel guilty about taking time for myself or feeling guilty about processing my emotions or like making someone else feel bad mm. yeah. we're like on the other end there's no guilt it's just i'm gonna hurt you yep. yeah exactly um so kind of in a similar vein the new york times got a lot of pushback for a tweet they made about the austin bombing where they wrote the austin bombing suspect was a quiet nerdy young man who came from a tight-knit godly family said Donna Sebastian Harp, who has known the family for nearly 18 years. Donna, no. Fuck you. <laughs> well, here again, it's like, we're not using the T word. Like, in the first story, we're not talking about misogyny. We're not talking about toxic masculinity. This is domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. With that, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Mark Anthony Condit is a terrorist, and mm-hmm. he happens to be a white man. Mm-hmm. So... And this isn't just the New York Times that does this. There's this, there's always, they're very, very slow to just acknowledge reality. Where it was like, there was a lot of mental jujitsu going into trying to explain away the fact that several of the victims. (laughs) I just love the idea of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that several of the victims were black Mm -hmm. because there was one instance where uh, a white guy set off a tripwire. So they were like, but who was he really targeting? And it was like, let's talk about who Mark Anthony Condit was, okay? There's an article at The Independent about how he was part of a Christian survivalist group that discussed dangerous chemicals. So he, it, this was a conservative outdoor club called, are you ready for this name? Righteous Invasion of Truth, or Riot, in which homeschooled young people studied the Bible and were taught gun skills. That's so why you don't homeschool your kids. I just, <laughs> just I, kidding. I just mouthed to Rachel, I hate this. <laughs> 
But like this guy was a right wing extremist. And because I, I truly believe that because the Republican Party has become more and more extreme over the years uh, and shifted that Overton window to the right. Now, when there's clear cut extremist behavior like this, even the quote unquote mainstream media, institutionalized media is like, but is he an extremist? And it's like, yes, yes. <laughs> he set off bombs. If a left wing group did that, Oh my instantly god. They yeah. oh my god or if someone who wasn't white did it mm-hmm. oh my god oh, but it would be or uh he's also christian so that he's good he's right. good guys but like imagine if black lives matter started setting off fucking bombs <laughs> oh my lanta how fast do you think they would be labeled a terrorist group by the media in a they wouldn't immediately hesitate. immediately it's insane um so speaking of that extremist rhetoric this is what we're dealing with right now on the right in terms of uh news coverage uh, at uh, the the National Review, which is a very conservative publication, one of their writers, uh, he's a columnist named Kevin Williamson, called for the hanging of women who have abortions. And I should mention too, like I know some people were like the National Review, yeah, like no shit because they're a very conservative publication. They're a very respected conservative publication on the right. You know, yeah. like people take but them also, very seriously. It's just scary that these ideas are out there. You know? Yeah. I mean, and imagine if I had a column where I called for the execution of men who have vasectomies. God. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, the the blowback from that? And, and that's what I mean about, like, I, I think it might have been the New York Times. Somebody was like, can we call this extremist behavior? Is this extremist rhetoric? Fucking yes. yes. If you are yes. setting off bombs, if you are targeting people because they're black, if you are targeting women because they had abortions or how, may have an abortion like, one day, you're a fucking right wing extremist terrorist. How about we don't hang anyone? I mean, yeah, I'm pro not hanging yeah, anyone. That's my thing. It's uh, it's so frustrating. Even just like growing up in my lifetime, seeing and I don't know if it's just like my perception, but seeing how much more divided the Mm. parties are like i remember being young and my mom explaining to me like um the 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 concept of a party system and she was like you're on a beach there's an ice cream stand in the middle and at the end of the day everyone wants to go get ice cream but some people come from the left some people come from the right you're on the same beach but right you have a different approach Mm -hmm. now we're on fucking different islands like we're not even on the same beach anymore like yeah it has gotten very divided. I, I think this might... I don't want to be too hyperbolic because there's been really div- divisive times. I mean, we fought a fucking yes, war. of yeah. course. Uh, the, the Civil War in this country, that was pretty divisive. Pretty dang divisive. Uh, you had to pick one of two <laughs> sides, guys. <laughs> like, pretty much. Geographically divided. Um, but it, it, I thought it was extraordinary that in the same election, we had Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump running. Yeah, That's as pretty extreme of a difference as you can get and it feels like a definitive moment in this country for reasons that we're going to get to in a second in the good news section where we are very divided as a country we have some people calling for the execution of women who have abortions and guys setting off bombs in texas to kill black people and on the other side we have the amazing kids who participated in the march for our lives yeah protests all over the country um and, and and that's a 
big divide between those yeah. two yeah. people. <laughs> so, guys, it's time. Before I send you on your merry little ways, here's your good news. It's the good, good news. We're doing good. I'm sure many of you participated in March for Our Lives protests this weekend. If you did and you want to talk about it, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Let's hear about it. Um, and you can also write into the show, lighttreasonnews at gmail.com. I want to hear from you, especially if you're a younger person. Yes, yes. like the Me. future. Like Rachel or even younger. Yeah. Like Emma Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like me. It's all about me. It's all about <laughs> Rachel, guys. No, it's not. Um, so I wanted to uh, talk about the protests and your, and your thoughts on yes, everything that's yes, happening. Yes, yes. Also, I'm going to play for you guys a couple of the speeches because I was very moved by them. They made Chloe cry. Oh, my God. When I sent them to her. But uh, you're going to hear a speech from Emma Gonzalez and later Naomi uh, Wadler who's 11 she 11 is so inspired like uh, i got so baby. many chills <sighs> she's wonderful um but emma and I'll, I'll preface this because i think especially if you're listening to it it could be a little confusing at one point in the speech there's six minutes of silence yeah. to symbolize the six minutes it took nicholas cruz to murder the students at parkland and it's chilling, especially I do encourage you guys to watch it because yeah. she is a She's rock. Yes. Like Stone cold. Time. And Ugh. she just has like one tear like coming down her face. And it's like, it's interesting to see the waves of emotion that the, the crowd goes. Through. I, I was going to say full six minutes of silence. Yeah, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I think it also, I think like it like spoke to how uncomfortable, like how yes. silence makes people uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Like I... I don't know. It like felt weird when people. St- it felt in a, like not inappropriate cheering. when people were cheering and like. Yeah, what I was chanting. trying to remember. Like, like I understand the sentiment, but I was like, and hmm. a lot of them were like kids and yeah, like kids yeah. cope yeah. with stuff. I mean, adults cope with stuff totally. in different ways too. But I understood why everyone was reacting like with nervous laughter, oh, with yeah. cheering. Somebody was like, "We love you, Emma," because I think they got nervous. Yes. Like, yeah. is she okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because they didn't understand that totally. this was deliberate, and they were worried about her like why did she just stop talking for six minutes mm-hmm. um and yeah i before we we talk about anything let's let's hear let's hear emma yes six minutes and about 20 seconds in a little over six minutes 17 of our friends were taken from us 15 were injured and everyone absolutely everyone in the douglas community was forever altered everyone who was there understands Everyone who has been touched by the cold grip of gun violence understands. For us, long, tearful, chaotic hours in the scorching afternoon sun were spent not knowing. No one understood the extent of what had happened. No one could believe that there were bodies in that building waiting to be identified for over a day. No one knew that the people who were missing had stopped breathing long before any of us had even known that a code red had been called. 
No one could comprehend the devastating aftermath or how far this would reach or where this would go. For those who still can't comprehend because they refuse to, I'll tell you where it went right into the ground, six feet deep. Six minutes and 20 seconds with an AR-15, and my friend Carmen would never complain to me about piano practice. Aaron Feist would never call Kira Miss Sunshine. Alex Schachter would never walk into school with his brother Ryan. Scott Beagle would never joke around with Cameron at camp. Helena Ramsey would never hang out after school with Max. Gina Montalto would never wave to her friend Liam at lunch. Joaquin Oliver would never play basketball with Sam or Dylan. Elena Petty would never. Carol Lugren would never. Chris Hickson would never. Luke Hoyer would never. Marquine Duque Aguiano would never. Peter Wang would never. Alyssa Alhadaf would never. Jamie Guttenberg would never. Meadow Pollock would never.
Since the time that I came out here, it has been six minutes and 20 seconds. The shooter has ceased shooting and will soon abandon his rifle, blend in with the students as they escape and walk free for an hour before arrest. Fight for your lives before it's someone else's job. It was just so powerful. Like. I, I I so admire her poise mm -hmm. at she's that age. So I'm like envious. Oh, a hundred percent of mm. just like the the passion and the drive and recognizing something wrong. And of course, it's coming out of something very personal to her. But these kids, and, and not just Emma, but this whole movement, yeah, the drive and the dedication, and not being wrapped up in it's it's almost like a sense of not like selflessness, but like not getting wrapped up in your own emotions because those are very, very hard to process, especially for being young. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because my generation was very much uh, like the movie Wall Street had just come out mm -hmm. and it was about this, the individual and it was like, you know, cut your neighbor's throat if you can get ahead. And this generation is so obviously about the collective. Yes. Yeah. And obviously, whenever you talk about a generation, you're you're generalizing. Right. <laughs> you know, like this isn't every young kid, but they like I was so impressed by David Hogg talking about how it, his fellow uh, students at Parkland who happen to be black weren't featured in the media the same way he and Emma were mm -hmm. yeah. like, holy shit. Is this kid talking about intersectionality? Mm -hmm. The thing I didn't talk about until I was like in my twenties. Yeah. hundred <laughs> yes. percent. Uh, just extraordinary. And it was really so moving. And this is why this is in the good news section yes. because yes. obviously school shootings aren't good news, but the response from these young people is such good news and it's so inspiring to watch yeah. them basically say like you can't dismiss us because we're young people yeah we'll oh be able to god. vote soon and we're gonna fucking remember when, how you treat us oh my god when um oh my god uh naomi, naomi. Uh, yeah. oh my god when she was like and in seven years when i'll be like we'll be voting i was like oh yeah. my god so since you bring her up let's go to naomi's speech right now uh, i was very happy that black lives were featured so prominently mm -hmm. in the March for our lives. Cause it's really important to remember too, guys that there wasn't as much support for black lives matter when yep. black people were like, Hey, can you stop killing us mm -hmm. police? Yep. Um, there was not a time magazine cover that said enough written across them. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, they were called terrorists. They were um, vilified mm -hmm. by a lot of media outlets. So it was really important during the March for Our Lives, that people like Naomi stood up and were like, 
By the way, since we're talking about gun violence, um, let's talk about black people are being executed every day. So uh, here is Naomi. <laughs> My name is Naomi, and I'm 11 years old. <laughs> Me and my friend Carter led a walk out at our elementary school on the 14th. We walked out, we walked out for 18 minutes, adding a minute to honor Cortland Arrington, an African-American girl who was the victim of gun violence in her school in Alabama after the Parkland shooting. I am here today to represent Cortland Arrington. I am here today to represent Hadia Pendleton. I. I am here today to represent Tiana Thompson, who at just 16 was shot dead in her home here in Washington, D.C. I am here today to acknowledge and represent the African-American girls whose stories don't make the front page of every national newspaper. <laughs> whose stories don't lead on the evening news. I represent the African-American women who are victims of gun violence, who are simply statistics instead of vibrant, beautiful girls that pull up potential. It is my privilege to be here today. I am indeed full of privilege. My voice has been heard. I am here to acknowledge their stories, to say they matter, to say their names, because I can, and I was asked to be. For far too long, these names, these black girls and women, have been just numbers. I'm here to say, never again for those girls, too. I am here to say that everyone should value those girls, too. People have said that I am too young to have these thoughts on my own. People have said that I am a tool of some nameless adult. It's not true. My friends and I might still be 11, and we might still be in elementary school, but we know. We know life isn't equal for everyone, and we know what is right and wrong. We also know that we stand in the shadow of the Capitol, and we know that we have seven short years until we, too, have the right to vote. So I'm here today to honor the words of Toni Morrison. If, if, there is a, if there is a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, you must be the one to write it. everyone here and everyone who hears my voice to join me in telling the stories that aren't told. To honor the girls, the women of color who were murdered at disproportionate rates in this nation. I urge each of you to help me write the narrative for this world and understand so that these girls and women are never forgotten. Thank you. All right, guys, that's your good news. Uh, when, you, when you run off today into your real lives, Remember Emma Gonzalez, remember Naomi Wadler, remember all the kids who participated in the March for Our Lives. Um, and if you are one of those young people, thank you for marching. Genuinely, Take thank action, you. Take yeah. like, action. Uh. And don't let 
old people make you feel like you don't matter. <laughs> you know, like your yeah. opinions absolutely matter. Um, Naomi Wadler's 11 and her opinions yep. and her beliefs matter as much as anybody else's A- opinions yeah. and beliefs. Um, and she's the future and I'm really fucking jazzed. I'm just she's inspired. The future. Yes. I'm totally inspired. And also older people, that doesn't let us off the hook. No, no. no. We, uh, we help, right? We march with the young people who are like, hey, please don't shoot us. Um, it's not enough to be like, oh, hey, kids, I hope you can save the world because we fucked it up. <laughs> right. Yes. We all have to work to make things better. Guys, this was the first episode of Light Trees and News. What a so delight. So exciting. How do you feel about it? I want feedback on Twitter. Hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Um, yeah, let me hear from you. Light Trees and News at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, go cause a little trouble. Get out there. Get out there. Bye. Bye, love you. <laughs>